Welcome to the Rocky Messages Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers that want to know Jesus and love like him. If there's something today you'd like to hear more about, make sure to listen to our weekly podcast called Rocky Unscripted. This is where we take Sunday topics and go even further with conversation, research, and study. But for now, let's take a listen to this week's message. Amen. Amen. Okay, Nightwalk Campus, you awake? Everybody's awake in here? You. It's okay. I want to give a shout out to the Frederick campus, everybody who's hanging out with us online today because you woke up, you're like, it's too cold, it's too snowy, it's fine. You're at home and uh, we're just glad that you're here with us. And uh, we've got a special Sunday. We've got a special Sunday. And uh, we've got some cool guests that we're going to be introducing here in a minute. But before we do, Amanda, we've got to take care of some things, some, some housekeeping. We've got some business to take Because last today. week, Sean Moyer was up here on stage and uh, he said a couple of things that... Um, they weren't true. And so I want to give you an opportunity just to make the correction <laughs> while he's listening right now at the Frederick campus and can't do anything. Okay. So go, go ahead. Just. Yeah, you guys, Sean is in Fred. He's defenseless. What's right. up, Sean? That's right. Yeah. So last week, Sean talked about basketball. We all coach a basketball team. And he said this, he said he hasn't won a game. True. That was true. Yes. Yep. He said Matt had only won one game at that point. True. Also true. He said, Amanda has only lost one game at that point. Ooh. Not true. Not true. Not true. I've not been true. waiting all week to tell you that's not true. That's right. I'm actually undefeated. Yeah. In yeah. fact, Amanda. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. In fact, Amanda won the championship yesterday. That's right. That's right. That's so right. good for you. My girls and, uh, won the championship. And my yes. boys team won another game. Uh, so that was awesome. And then Sean's team, team yesterday won zero games. Yes. He won no games all season. <laughs> so teaching those boys about endurance and perseverance real good. All right, that's so right. anyways, that's right. uh, we love you, man. But anyways, basketball season uh, came to a Almost close yesterday. Over. Yeah, it's yeah, and uh, it was a great season. We had a lot of fun. Uh, also, a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, if you are new around this place, uh, if you've been checking out Rocky over the last couple of weeks or months, our base camp environment is coming up next Sunday, happens after the second service. And this is an opportunity uh, for you to, to hear a little bit more about our church, you can connect with our staff. Happens at both of our campuses. You can go to our website, rocky.church slash this week and register for that. Uh, free lunch, free childcare. It's a great time just to kind of get free to know fun. each other. Yeah, free fun. It's a great <laughs> opportunity to just kind of get to know each other uh, a little bit uh, better. And then also, there's another way you can connect with us. Yeah, maybe you're new around here. You have no idea what base camp is. You don't know who we are. You guys can text 9700, text new to Rocky. You're going to get a video, just some information. We'd love to connect with you and just chat with you guys, get to know you. So base camp, new to Rocky. Check it out. Yeah, I'd love for you to take some next steps, and uh, we can't wait to, to spend some time with you. Now, today is a fun day. It's going to be a big day. We've got some guests that are with us. They've come all the way. Uh, from Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, if you've been around this place, you may have uh, been introduced to them in the past, although it's been a, a couple of years since they've been here. So here's what I want you to do right now. Both campuses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up and I want, to give, I want you to give a round of applause to Wallace and Mary Kamau right now as they come up on the stage. All right. Guys, thanks for hanging out in uh, my living room with me. This is great. Uh, we're excited we get to spend some time with you this morning. And uh, 
For those of you who uh, are meeting uh, Wallace and Mary for the first time, an opportunity to get to know them a little bit more and to get to hear the story. But uh, you guys are uh, executive directors at Missions of Hope International, and uh, we, are, we have partnered with you for many, many years, almost from the beginning when uh, Mohi started. And um, when I came to Rocky eight years ago, one of the first things uh, I did my first year is I took a trip. Uh, actually, I met you guys, we were talking about this the other day, I met you guys for lunch. Uh, over in Firestone, and, uh, and then that year I went and did, went on my first trip. So I've been going for the last eight years, and um, so I consider you guys not just friends, but family. I love you guys. And um, our church, if you guys don't know these folks, you don't know how awesome this is to have you guys here. This is a really big deal for us, and so I'm honored that you would spend uh, some time with us. But Amanda went for the very first time uh, last year, which was a big deal for you. It was a very big deal. I went to Kenya for the first time. It was an amazing trip. Got to spend time with Mary and Wallace, learn about Mohi. And Mary, one of the fa- my favorite things going back to our, my first experience was just listening to you talk about the first time that you walked into the slums in Nairobi. So I would love for you to share with everyone just how it all started when you very first walked into the slums. Thank you. Uh, so I personally was born in a polygamous family my dad had two wives and a total of 20 children, and I'm the seventh born of the 20 kids. And so growing up, I thought I was one of the most disadvantaged people in the whole world because we didn't have much resources. And so as a young girl, I wanted to work hard in school, go to university, get a good job, make money, and not be poor. And so I made it to Kenyatta University, and as a first-year student, I accepted Jesus, then I joined a group that would go to different places to evangelize and disciple people. And during one of those times, I met somebody who had been born and brought up in the slums of Nairobi, Madare Valley. And he explained to me what life was like for him as a young child. And he explained to me what was happening in this community. And as he described it, it sounded like a place totally out of this world, and I was shocked to hear those things. And I felt a nudge within my heart to want to go and see it for myself. And so we went there with him on one Saturday morning. He reluctantly took me there because of, he was afraid something bad might happen to me in the slums. And, uh, but he took me there on this one Saturday morning as a college student, and I was shocked to see the deplorable conditions of poverty in Madare Valley. I, was, I, I couldn't believe that people lived in such conditions. Um, kids um, barely had anything to eat. Uh, I could tell a lot of the children were malnourished, big bellies, red hair. Uh, unfortunately, there was sewer. Uh, just open sewer running everywhere and people living in chanties that have no penetration, no lighting, and uh, of course no electricity or water around. And it was shocking to see this. And I couldn't stop thinking about these children and the people of Madare Valley. And as I went back to college, I couldn't stop thinking about them. The following Saturday, I came back, and the following Saturday, and the following, <laughs> until today, that's where we work. And later, I met my husband, Wallace, 
He was from a different university, and in a different way, he had also been able to go to Madare. And both of us felt we had this calling uh, that God had laid on our hearts to reach out to the children and the families of Madare Valley. And in the year 2000, we started a preschool, uh, age four to six, boys and girls, 50 of them. And we started the first Hope Center in Madare Village One. That's awesome. So you guys celebrated 20 years in 2020. Uh, so I know that was a big anniversary uh, for you guys. And just so we're all on the same page, so Mathari Valley is the name of the slum uh, that you guys serve there in, in Nairobi. And we'll also use the, um, the place called Madoya, which is the school that uh, we specifically uh, have partnered uh, with you guys with. Uh, so you started, you know, now 22 years ago, uh, one school, 50 kids, where are we at today? How many schools and how many kids are you guys uh, reaching? Yeah, thank you so much. By the grace of God, uh, in the last 21 years, now going to 22, God has helped us, and now we are in uh, 30 locations. 30. And a total of uh, 22,500 children. 14 of those schools are actually in the slums of Nairobi, uh, but all the others are out in the, country, in the countryside, and uh, in one of those uh, communities, it's in a community that is Muslim, and so we thank God. Uh, and as this new academic year starts in May of this year, we are going to start with 20, I mean, 27,000 children in our schools. That's amazing. That's so amazing. amazing. So um, here's what I know. You don't go from one school... <laughs> With 50 kids, you know, 22 years ago to here we are now with over 30 locations. You guys are right there at 27,000 kids. I, we could take like weeks and talk about all the stories and all the milestones and, and all the things you've had to work through and crazy God stories about how he, how he showed up and all that. But I do know that, uh, Mary, you're having a conversation with Amanda last night about this idea of, of risk, and I'll let Amanda set up the question. Yeah, so Mary and I were chatting last night, and um, I think Matt, Mary was just casually talking to begin with, and I'm listening to her and just so intrigued by what she was talking about. And she was just talking about this idea of, of risk, and obviously Mohi is a little bit of a business also, so there's a business side to what you do. But weighing the business side with the ministry side and just the heart of Mohi, and I would love for you to just share a little bit of your heart and um, that idea of risk. Yes, um, so as my husband has said, so currently we have over 22,000 children and in the next few weeks, we are going to be talking of 27,000, okay? Because as the school grows, like as you start a new school year, kids transition to the next grade, and that means you bring in more children. And so we are going to be having 27,000 kids. And one of the big questions that people keep asking us is, why are you taking such a big risk on your shoulders, bringing all these kids uh, to your schools, and, and, and you are relying on people who give donations, what if something happens to the, all the people that are sponsoring these children? And, uh, and, 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 and what will you do? Isn't that a very big risk on your shoulders? And our answer is always that, you know, it is worth taking a risk. 
and doing something for one child today, other than not doing anything and that child just stays there and has no hope, doesn't get to know Jesus, and just because we are afraid of taking the risk. And so our, our goal is always to take a risk to get one more child into our school because these children have no other opportunities to get to know Jesus. They have no other opportunities to get their destiny shaped. And for us, it, we see it as a, a risk for eternity. And it is much worth, more worth, than taking a risk to start a business and the business fails. So I would rather take a risk by having the kids into our schools. And we are so thankful to God for all the sponsors who sponsor our children. And so it's, we are taking the risk together. So it's not always on our shoulders alone. It's all of us together. I love it. I love it. So let's just chat like the... The, the strategy of Mohi, all right? So we're just talking about what, what are you guys actually actually doing? So we know about the, the school, but tell us a little bit about the strategy behind that, about the Christian health evangelism and church planning and all that kind of stuff, just everything that you guys are, are up to. Our ministry strategy is um, we, we have four pillars, and that is why we are called Missions of Hope because we have four missions, and um, we have education, so we are educating the next generation and giving them quality Christian education. And then we have economic empowerment. And uh, in economic empowerment, we have microfinance and we have skills training. Uh, and then we have the restoration ministry, whereby we care about the physical health and the psychosocial health of the people. And so we have the health mission and we have clinics, uh, but we emphasize more on uh, the preventive you know, health. And then we have the very, very most important of those missions, and is sharing the love of Christ. And that involves church planting, and uh, we, ha- we are very, very intentional in evangelizing to the children and to the people that we are serving through the other missions. And all that, uh, we do it through community health evangelism whereby we educate the community on issues of health. And uh, this leads to what I would call self-discovery. And they want to take initiatives. And that is how all our formations came about, you know, as we went out to the community and started teaching them about health. And, um, you know, today uh, we have uh, now the four, the four pillars of our ministry, Uh, where we have the 27,000 children uh, by the beginning of May. And uh, we have health clinics in some of our centers and doing uh, community health education and uh, economic empowerment. Our microfinance program uh, started with 12 women coming together and they were saving among themselves and, uh, you know, giving each of the women in terms the money that they would put together every week. And they came to us and asked if we would introduce them to a microfinance program. And when that did not work, we decided to start our own microfinance program. And um, we started with equivalent of $300. And today, uh, through the help of well-wishers that have worked together with us and the savings, you know, from these people that save in our program, we are at uh, 
two million dollars. Wow, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you can clap. Um, you know, you work through that in just a couple of minutes. But the incredible thing about it is, it's how you guys are doing so much, and it's working. It's working. And the mission that God has called you to is not an easy one. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it. You're, you're serving people in in one of the poorest places in the world. And what I and the strategy that you have, it's working so well that people are taking notice of it literally all the way around the world. People are seeing what is happening there, and other organizations are paying attention, and and they're looking at your model and going, "What are you guys doing?" And I love to see your 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 influence uh, spread uh, literally all over all over the world. So you're doing some good stuff. I mean, I've seen it on the ground, the microfinance and the church planting, and uh, Rocky. Even we even support some of your church planters. And uh, it's cool. It's cool to see uh, up, up, uh, up front and live. So it's it amazing. I love the uh, microfinance stuff. Just being there and watching how you empower people, um, not just the kids, but their parents. And it just makes a dif difference generationally. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see. Yeah. So what do you guys, um, what is your leadership hoping and praying for going into 2022, 2023? Wow, uh, that's a great question and very exciting. <laughs> uh, so, as we are doing this holistic ministry in the current 30 different locations, uh, we have a lot of other communities that we have identified that really, really need this holistic model uh, in their communities, you know, educating their kids, economically empowering these families, planting churches, because these communities, they are, some of them are totally marginalized. Nobody really takes time to really attend to them. And so with all these communities that we have identified and many others, and even beyond Kenya, into the country of Liberia, South Sudan, and others, we have a God-sized goal that by the year 2030, we want to have 100,000 children in 100 communities, that means 100 schools and 100 church plants. Gives me goosebumps, Mary. <laughs> it's possible, with God yes. all things are possible. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so on the other side of that, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys are facing right now? What are some of the things you're, you're really praying through? Uh, since 2020, you know, everybody has been facing the challenge of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, all the schools were closed and we were so worried about the people in the slums and in these uh, vulnerable communities uh, because we thought that uh, it was really going to be devastating with um, so many fatalities. Uh, but we thank God that there were not, uh, you know, many fatalities. Uh, but there were challenges that came in with uh, COVID-19. Uh, and uh, we have not had, you know, sponsorship events uh, with our partnering churches. And so uh, by the end of the year, 2021, we had about 9,000, you know, children who are not sponsored. And that was affecting our, our monthly budget. And so it's been a straining, you know, period of time when uh, we have had to work with the deficit of the 9,000 children not being sponsored. But we thank God that, uh, you know, we can have a sponsorship event uh, with our partnering churches like Rocky Mountain Christian Church, and we are so, so thankful. Uh, the other thing is that uh, as the numbers grow, we, our desire is also to keep expanding on our infrastructure. 
so that we can be able to accommodate more children. And as Mary has said, you know, I mean, it's worth taking risks in making a difference, you know, in the lives of these children. And there are always children who are coming, knocking at our doors, or when our social workers go out to the community. And so we desire to keep developing the infrastructure. So those are some of the challenges that uh, we are facing. So you bring up child sponsorship, and it just so happens this is uh, one of the reasons why you're here, so we can talk about child sponsorship a little bit. And uh, just to give a little history, too, about uh, where we serve at specifically, where, you know, Rocky, with you guys, we, we serve the community there called Medoya. And uh, my first trip there seven, eight years ago, it was, uh, that school was in a rented facility, and uh, really almost like little apartments, and um, you had about 500 or so kids uh, on the first trip there. And then we went on a journey the next couple of years. We were able to buy some property there at Medoya. Then we were able to build the school, which was a huge moment and um, beautiful uh, facility there. And, and now there's, what, uh, over 800 kids, I think, at the school. And so I remember last year when we were there, um, you know, because the, the school is eight or so stories high. And at the end of the day, when school is done, I mean, it takes like an hour for all those kids to come out of the school. I just would stand at the gate and just, I'm like, how many kids are in here? And so they just keep coming down floor by floor. Uh, but with that, um, we actually, you know, a couple years ago with, when there was just about 500 kids, uh, we were able to make sure that every kid in, in the school in Madoya was sponsored. Uh, and then within two years, you know, we added several hundred kids. Uh, and so now there's a need again for, for the kids here, which we love, right? So the opportunity to have influence with more kids. Uh, and so right now, uh, as of this morning, there's 401, 401 uh, children that are not sponsored at the school of Medoya, which is why we are talking about child sponsorship uh, a little bit. And uh, I'm just going to tell you straight up, we, we want to sponsor all 401 this morning. That's right. Okay? That's what we want to do. So That's our goal. That's our goal. So we're going to lean in a little bit about why we think uh, if you're not sponsoring a child, why, why you should. So let, let's just chat uh, about child sponsorship a little bit. So how does it work? How does child sponsorship work? Give us a little, little bit of detail about it. So when you sponsor a child with $8 a month, um, you actually uh, give an opportunity to that child to be in our school, specifically Madoya, for your church. And uh, this child is able to get two meals a day. Every morning they get breakfast, then they get a good lunch, and then they are able to get Christian teachers who teach them. Your sponsorship funds are able to pay salaries for these teachers. Then this child is also attached to a social worker who works closely with the family so that they can be able to identify other areas of need in the family, be able to come alongside the family and empower the family so that things can be different in this family. Then uh, this money also is able to provide uh, basic health care for the children in our clinics, but also sometimes we refer cases to other hospitals when they get a little more complicated for our clinics, then we are able to share the love of Jesus 
with these children. Every day, our children have morning devotions in their classrooms, and then in the evening before they go home, they have a time again to pray together. And they are taught the word of God, they learn memory verses, and then on Saturdays, there is a mentorship program, two Saturdays in a month a mentorship program that your child goes through and they are able to have somebody come alongside them, somebody they can count as a role model. And most of the times what we do, we get older kids mentoring the younger kids. And it is such a blessing, it is such a neat thing to see the older kids are going out for their younger brothers and sisters and being there for them. And, uh, and, and, so, and then once you sponsor this child, this child actually gives us an entry point to their family. And so the transformation does not only happen in the life of the one child that you sponsor, but also the family, because that's how we get connected to the family through our social workers. And then of course these families are the ones that make up the communities and these local communities start getting transformed. And uh, it's one child at a time, one family at a time, one community at a time, and God's word keeps spreading and spreading, and the blessings of Jesus continue to increase beyond measure in these communities and mostly in the lives of these children and their families. Yeah, one of the questions that we get a lot when we come back um, from a trip and we talk about child sponsorship, and Mary, I'd love for you to answer just is how do kids get into the school at Midoriya? How do you go from 400 to 800? Do they just show up on the doorstep? Do you go out and find them? What's the process for them to get into Midoriya school? We have a recruitment criteria that our social workers use, and so uh, first priority is given to children who are total orphans, who have no dad, no mom, and maybe living with a guardian who doesn't have a regular job. Then secondary, we give opportunities to children who are from single-parented families, and especially single mothers who have no regular income. And those are the majority of the people living in these slums and in the rural communities where we are working. And then there could be children who may have both parents, but maybe in many ways are, there is dysfunctionality in their family. Maybe their parents are sickly, maybe they are bedridden, maybe they are alcoholics, maybe they are in drugs, maybe they are in crime. Because sometimes uh, some of these parents, uh, they think that there is no other way to really earn a living but to get involved in crime. And we find those children very vulnerable and so we consider them and bring them into our schools. But guess what? Once they get into the school, things start happening in their families. So single moms who had no regular income, they get involved in our skills training program or in our microfinance program, and in some small way, they start growing some businesses, and then they keep growing and growing, and by the time that their child gets into high school, things are a little, very, very different from when they first started. And it is the same thing, even those children whose parents are involved in crime. Like we have many, many examples of uh, dads that were involved in crime, and it's not because they really wanted to be in crime. It's because they didn't have alternative ways of earning a living. And through our empowerment programs, they are now business people, they are doing businesses, or they are working. Uh, we, we just thank God for the way he keeps 
transforming them. Yeah. Love it. One of the things I love that you guys do, you work really hard and you just develop an app that um, really allows um, for, for us, you know, in the States who are sponsoring kids to have a connection with them, to be able to communicate with them. And uh, so tell us a little bit about that, that app that you launched. It was just, what, last year? Yeah, last year is when uh, we launched uh, the app. Uh, and uh, with this app, uh, you can be able to communicate with a child in that you can be able to write a message and the social workers uh, will be able to get that message to the child and uh, within a short time, the child will have been able to reply and you get back the reply from the child. But also on the app, you are also able to buy a gift uh, and, and you do it online, right at the palm of your hand and the child will be able to get that gift and uh, they are able to write a thank you note which you'll be able to get through the same. And so now it's become easier uh, to communicate. And uh, you can be able to communicate, you know, with your sponsored child. But at the same time, you can get updates about the child uh, on what is happening. And uh, you can get a, the latest picture, you know, on the same app. And uh, you can also be able to sponsor another child if you want, uh, right at the palm of your hand. And uh, so we thank God that we've been able to invest in technology and it's very, very helpful. Yeah, it's incredible because, uh, uh, you know, we sponsor a boy named Swife and um, it's so quick. I mean, we, uh, you know, you type in the message and, uh, and then just a couple of days later, you know, we, we got a word back from him and I was like, man, writing letters is old school <laughs> now. You know what I mean? I mean, we're just able to communicate with him so much quicker and... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so amazing. So I love, too, I, I want to just add about the app. You know, a lot of times, Wallace, you said you can give a gift, but it's not just getting on and giving a gift. You can actually give a really practical gift. So you can get on and buy, like, their school uniform stuff. Sometimes we want to do that. Like, I want to provide, help provide that. You can buy their sweater, their shoes, their whatever, just from the app. Super cool. Easy yeah, for us. it's really amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm... I'm all in with Mohi. If you guys have you know, been around here, you know I love Kenya. And I think child sponsorship is just a, a good practical first step. And being on several trips over there, you see um, how it is impacting kids that are living halfway around the world. And if you're not part of it, I really do think you, you, you should jump in. And so we've got a, a quick video we want you to see. This is a real life story of a young girl over in Kenya uh, whose life is gonna look drastically different uh, because somebody uh, decided to be her sponsor. So go ahead and take a look at this. My name is Sistin. I'm 11 years old. I have lived in Madare Valley my whole life. I was born to be a street girl. We all wish we could go to school, but many kids like me can't afford to go. They don't have much to do, they just stay home. Before I joined Missions of Hope, life was so hard. Sometimes we didn't have enough food to eat. My mom would go on the street to look for food. We could go without food even for a day. One day, my mother told me she found a school for me. I asked, which school? She said, Missions of Hope. 
Now that I'm at Mission Sofu, I'm in school. I'm learning so much. Math is my favorite subject. I'm eating two meals a day. They provide us health care and we can see the dentist. I gained confidence being in school. I even lead our school music team. I want to be a musician when I grow up. Missions of Hope is like a family to me. I feel that like I'm loved. I've seen how God is taking me far from the street up to now where I am. It's God. Without God, I won't be here. I'm thankful for Missions of Hope. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you some information about what it looks like to, to sponsor uh, this morning. Before we do, I, I would say this, and uh, we chat about this a lot around here, but sometimes people ask, you know, I'm looking to go deeper in my faith. What does that look like? What should I do? You know, what study? And listen, I'm all about Bible study, and I'm all about worship, and I'm all about Sunday morning. But here's the thing. When people ask me, uh, hey, what can I do to go deeper in my faith? The first thing I say is, you know what you should do? You should go on a trip. You should go on a trip. You should get on a plane. You should go halfway around the world and go see what God's doing because in and through that, God's going to show you some things um, that's really hard to see uh, where we live. But when you go and you see really the, the reality of the world and what's happening around the world and, and, and what God is doing, uh, God uses that to begin to change your heart and your mind a little bit, to hit the refresh button. And all of a sudden, things that you feel like are really important here are no longer that important. And, and God begins to kind of mold your heart to become more like Him. And so here's what I want you to think about. Um, that if you've never been on a trip before, I think you should go on a trip. I think you should go on a trip. And I think you should go and see uh, what God is up to. And I can't tell you of a better place to go and see than to go partner with these guys and, and go to Nairobi and, and go on a trip and, and, uh, and experience it for the first time. And, and when I went, you know, eight years ago, I remember when I came back, I had this feeling. I was telling Mary this the other day. Uh, I wish I would have went sooner. I wish I would have been able to experience that as, as a young person. And, uh, but I'm so thankful that I get to experience it now. And every year I look forward to it. This year we've got two trips. We're going to be going on trips every year for, for, for the history of Rocky, <laughs> I feel like, because uh, we're going to keep partnering with you guys. You should go on a trip. Um, but if you're not there yet, if you're like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a, a big step then you should take the first step, which is you should sponsor a child. You should jump in this morning. You should start sponsoring a child for $38 a month and make a goal in the, uh, sometime in the next three years to go on a trip. And not only will you have the opportunity to serve and, uh, over in Nairobi, you'll have the opportunity to meet the child that you have been sponsoring uh, for years. And I'm telling you, you will never forget those moments. They are incredible moments. And one of my favorite parts of, of, the, of the trips that I go on every year is not only to, to serve at the school and, and to be a part of everything that you guys are doing, uh, but to spend some time with Swife and to get updated on what he's up to and how we can be praying for him and showing him pictures of, of the girls. And um, man, those, those moments are life-giving. And so I, I think you should just jump in. You should start sponsoring kids. It's an easy first step. 
uh, and then take some more steps, get on the trip in the next couple of years. So both campuses, we've, we've got a booth in both campuses. Uh, in fact, here at Niwot, uh, Mary's got some of her uh, team members here. They're out there, out of Fred. We've got another booth as well. There's some physical cards that you can go and look at, kids that need to be sponsored at Medoya. But we've only got about 50 at each, and uh, we want to make it a lot easier for you uh, to be able to sponsor. So, Amanda, how do they do it? Yeah, so right now, whether you're online at the Fred campus, sitting in the Niwot campus, this is what you can do. You can take out your phone. I'm giving you permission right now. Get it out. <laughs> take out your phone. You're going to text Rocky Impact to 97000, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to get a link. You're going to hit that link. It's going to take you to the Mohi website, and three kids are going to pop up on your screen. And if for some reason you don't connect with those three kids, everybody has their thing. I want their birth date to be close to mine. <laughs> I, I want a littler kid, an older kid, whatever. So there's going to be three kids. You can hit the refresh button, another three kids will pop up. This is the thing, though. If you hit that button to pick a kid, which we want you to do, we want to sponsor 401 kids today. But if you hit that button, we want you to be serious about it because this is the thing. If you hit the button, that kid freezes for seven minutes, which means for seven minutes they can't get back in the system get, to get sponsored. So when you hit that button, be serious about it. Um, but that's, that's what you guys do. Text 97000 Rocky Impact. All right, so if you need any help, we got staff at both campuses. Uh, we'll show you how to use your cell phone, okay? So we'll, <laughs> we'll get it done. Once you'll be able to jump in and uh, start the process of sponsoring a kid. And then listen, take a next step. Go on a trip in the next couple of years. Go and see them. And uh, it'll be so life-changing and life-giving. Guys, thanks for being here this morning. It's been amazing. We love you. We are behind you. Uh, and we are praying for the big goal, 100,000 kids right. in 10 years. Uh, I, believe, I believe it's going to happen. And uh, I know God's doing some incredible things. And we're just excited as a church uh, that we get to be a part of it. So uh, both campuses, everybody online, let's just take a moment to pray. And uh, then let's get after it. Let's start sponsoring uh, some kids this morning. So pray with me. Uh, Father, we thank you again uh, for the opportunity we've had this morning just to chat just uh, with Marion Wallace and just to get an update here uh, about what's going on halfway around the world. And Father, I pray that you will continue to bless them as an organization. Uh, they're doing a mighty work. I love how they are giving you all the credit. They believe in you. We, we praise you for the 27,000 kids right now uh, that have been touched by this ministry. God, we look forward uh, to seeing uh, how they uh, will continue to reach another 75,000. And um, God, it's so cool just to see the, uh, these kids who, who are being given an opportunity, uh, as Mary said, to, to be able to choose a different destiny a different life path. And I love how you are using your church all over the world to be able to partner with them. So I pray right now that you would help us to, to see what you see and to feel what you feel. Um, God, that we, we have the opportunity to jump in at $38 a month to, to be able to be a part of somebody else's story halfway around the world, to give somebody the opportunity to have food, to have health care, uh, to, to have an education. God, most importantly, uh, to hear about a story about your son who died on the cross for our sins, the story that has changed our life. Uh, and God, I pray that we be willing to jump in and to sacrifice just a little bit so that one more, as Mary was saying, that one more person uh, may have the opportunity uh, to step into a relationship with you. So Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for how he's changed our life. And uh, we look forward to see how you'll continue uh, to reach people in the slum of Nairobi.
Uh, Father, we thank you again for the morning. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.